Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Let's Make Space podcast. That always takes a little bit of uh, time to say. Um, my name is Kristen, if you are unfamiliar, but I will be your host, guide, friend, whatever you want to be. Um, I will be that for you. And so today I'm actually very, very excited about this episode because this is something that I am personally very passionate about. I have a lot of passions, but this would be like very high up there. And it's one of it's with one of my favorite people, which I'm very excited for. So today we are talking about what does it look like to make space for mental health? And uh, we are currently recording this at the beginning of the calendar year in January. And this is normally the time where mental health really just has a bigger hold on our lives as Christmas is over, the joy, the jolly, the warmth, all of it is gone. Not to be, you know, really depressing right off the top. And, you know, it's darker outside. And so mental health is something that is not only all year round, but especially pertinent in this time of the year. And so we're going to be chatting about that today with one of my best friends, Mr. Dave Colantonio. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Very exciting. We yeah. are sitting here with our coffees. I already chugged mine. <laughs> Dave is drinking his out of a wifey mug, which right. we can talk about in a second. But Dave, why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, a fun fact about you, whatever you want to share. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm David and I think I'm nothing special or interesting, but my <laughs> friend Keeks here thinks otherwise. If I refer to Kristen as Keeks, that's my name for her. So don't get thrown off too, too much. Yeah. And basically I am a student. I have a bachelor in theology. Love that. I am doing a master of divinity and clinical counseling, hence my invitation to come to the pod. Mm -hmm. And so me and Keeks are going to brainstorm. We're going to talk through a few things that we've learned, that we've picked up on, that we've put into practice, hopefully a little bit. And so if you hear me spewing things passionately, whether that's theology or psychology, I know just enough to be dangerous. So <laughs> in both realms, you have been warned Yeah, yes, in yes. both realms. You're um, a lover of coffee, coffee, lover food? of coffee, of all things food, all things food and of tennis, actually. Oh, yeah. I am addicted to tennis. So I have obsessions with small things. <laughs> um, I, I think they're small things. So yogurt, Greek yogurt for one, I'm obsessed with. I eat it oh. every morning. I could probably eat it twice. That's a, a fun fact. I, I don't think I need. Yeah. Greek yogurt parfaits. Wow, we're all learning things yeah. today. Parfaits are parfait. And <laughs> the, the fun, the fun is real. Shout out to new girl, Schmidt. See, so Greek yogurt, tennis, uh, coffee, as you said, mm -hmm. hanging out with friends, which yep. is, I guess, the reason this all got kickstarted in the first place. And I said this to, I think someone a couple weeks ago, that this conversation actually mm -hmm. was, or this kind of conversation was what sparked the podcast for me in the sense that like, I just think Dave has really good things to say and he's like gonna be all humble and like, no, I am nothing special. However, I think that it's these conversations, especially around mental health, around theology or all those things are really the kinds of conversations that sparked this for me. And so I'm excited as we jump right in. Yeah. Are you ready, Dave? Yeah. Unless you have anything else to share about yogurt, because I did not know your passion was I like, like a random. I like to put chia seeds and berries in it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cheese, <laughs> not cheese. <laughs> no, I'm Italian, dairy. so cheese and bread is just oh. part of the course. Wow. We're going to have, okay, stay tuned for the bonus episode of like making space for food, which oh, my husband Jared, Jared and yeah. Dave will be like. <laughs> Jared will have to take over I wouldn't even be in that podcast. No. I'll just be like, hey, it's me. Pass off. Anyway. <laughs> to the main event, <laughs> the main topic. Um, but like I said, 
the mental health conversation is one that we're both very passionate about. And again, have at least a decent amount of knowledge in. None of us are like officially therapists yet. Yeah. Um, But Dave's currently in school for it. I'm finishing up my schooling, going into my practicum for being a registered uh, psychotherapist, which is very cool. Um, And I guess my whole premise for this episode is really to kind of dig down to the like, it's okay not to be okay, Mm -hmm. but it's also okay to be okay. Like I think sometimes we have to be in this like, Either you're really struggling or going through it, or you're like fantastic. Yeah. And I think that there's just like, no, I'm just chilling. And so we're gonna kind of cover all of the above, but I will start off by asking you this question, Dave. What does making space for mental health mean to you? Yeah. I know. And it's a broad question. It is very broad. That's a broad question. But for me, I think it's about acceptance. I think it's about accepting where you're at, how you're feeling, Mm. what you're sensing. I think a lot of the time mental health gets put in the thinking realm, Mm. which is good. We love thinking. Yeah. I'm a thinker. You're a thinker. Yes. Lots of the conversations we have are about thoughts, thought patterns, narratives, all these different things. Like our casual conversations. Yeah, casual (laughs) conversations. Yeah, nothing fancy. Just, you know, dropping by to hold Caden and talk about thoughts. Our thought patterns. Um, But that's only one dimension, I Uh think. And I think if we talk about mental health, we have to look at kind of the whole picture. Right. And so for me, acceptance kind of encapsulates that a little bit. Mm. Acceptance of what you're thinking. Yep. Acceptance of how you're feeling. Acceptance of what is going on and what's happening in your life or in the lives of those around you who you love. And I think we can get bogged down Mm -hmm. sometimes when we approach health. I'll just say that generally. Yep, totally. It doesn't have to be mental health. Health as a whole, when we approach it with a sense of anxiety or avoidance or even like a wishing away shame even shame, you know I mean? of like guilt why do i feel like this i can't believe i'm like an yeah. idiot or you know whatever or i shouldn't be feeling like this mm. the shouldn'ts right i yes. shouldn't be struggling with this but i am i shouldn't be going so we through feel this bad again for like also not being okay which i'm mm-hmm. sure just like amplifies the cycle so then we feel worse and then we feel bad yeah. for feeling worse and yeah. then here we are Guilt is the least helpful thing in the world. Ooh, write that down. Yeah, yeah, sure. I would say drop the mic, but I wouldn't, this is a nice mic, so I'm not gonna push the mic to the ground. (laughs) No. Yeah, but I think theologically it's awful and does nothing for us. Shame, shame specifically. I think there's room for guilt and remorse, and that's a separate side conversation. But shame specifically, uh, theologically, is not helpful. Right. And I think when it comes to mental health, shame is not particularly helpful. Yeah. Well, like you're saying, like the guilt at least has some level of like benefit in the sense that it causes us to maybe reevaluate our actions or something to say like, Hey, you know, Dave, I really messed up. I'm really sorry. I felt guilty about that. I want to work through it. Shame, like the benefit of shame, there really isn't one. Like it really just doesn't help you no matter how you spin it. And so, no, I think that's a good, a good point. I think that's something that you've said many times to me in conversation is the whole idea of like all the emotions that we feel mm-hmm. like we're talking about shame and all the things it's not necessarily that we need to feel shame about feeling a particular emotion because all emotions are valid mm-hmm. and have a place like literally all of them it's just oftentimes when they're misplaced is when we're dealing with some sort of mental health issue in the sense of like if someone like this is an extreme someone like pushed me down the stairs yeah, that's a lot strange. for people. That's, you're like, wow, that's a little harsh. Like, I have the right to be angry, 
that yep. they did that. That does not mean that I'm having like a crisis. I was just angry at something that should make me angry. Yeah. Or like if I have a presentation at school, I have, you know, all the reason to be nervous for it. Mm-hmm. That That's not to say I have like anxiety, but I'm allowed to be nervous. It's only in situations where like the anxiety would be misplaced that it's like, oh, maybe I should be looking into that a little bit further. But oftentimes I think we can feel like you're saying the shame around feeling different emotions. Yeah. When it's like, no, you're allowed to be angry sometimes. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be really happy. Yeah. Um, but we can judge our own emotions. Yeah, I think that's the key there. The judgment of emotions rather than the curiosity that Ooh. we might be better off having towards the emotions that we are experiencing. And I think a lot of us grew up in different environments, different right. households, different families, different cultures. Totally. And emotions are not clean or clear cut mm-hmm. in a lot of instances, yeah. right? So sitting around a dinner table as a kid, you're feeling frustrated or, mm-hmm. or angry. You're not a, maybe allowed to express that or to show that right? because emotions are, are not to be right. Those are seen not well or expressed, yeah. right? Or maybe certain emotions you were allowed to express right. like anger. As an Italian man, we love anger. Oh, right. Anger my house. and passion. No. Right? Whereas you, in your house, like- Yeah, anger was like, shh. Yeah, we, we don't- Just yeah. brush it under the table, move on, yeah, swallow, swallow it. Yeah, swallow it. Yeah. That's right. And suppress it. Totally. Don't give room totally. or space. But we carry those things into adulthood. We Absolutely. carry those into relationships. We carry those into communities. Absolutely. All the things that we are a part of and that right. we love and that are actually really good for our mental health. Right. Right? Uh, being connected, having relationships. But I think that's the point, like, and I loved what you just said about the curiosity piece. Oftentimes, yeah, like, and I'm speaking for myself solely here. I'm very quick to judge an emotion that I'm feeling versus being like, hmm, let's just sit on that for a sec. Yeah. Why am I feeling like that? How can I process it properly? Because I think oftentimes, like you're saying, either the way that we were taught, the environment that we're currently in, we're just kind of taught to like swallow it. It's like, oh, I shouldn't feel like that right now. Or this, you know, I don't really know what to do with that. So I'll just deal with it later. And that's not to say if you have like a feeling in the middle of a school presentation, you should be like stopping to like process the whole thing. (laughs) Like there's moments, but I think we just kind of push things aside, leave it. And that can lead to like, you know, actually being diagnosed with mental health things when you're not dealing with moments of anxiety or moments of sadness or whatever. Um, But I think it should be said that I'm passionate about that as well. Sometimes we just can't control these things. Yes. And just to be clear, I think sometimes in the church world, we're very quick to be like, oh, just pray that, like pray it away, Mm. which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Which I do believe you can do, just to be very clear. I do believe that like God can step in and totally change your life. Power of prayer. However, I think that there are actual times where you like need a professional or you need medication because your biology is all Mm -hmm. over the place. There's a place for both. And I don't really know what got me to that point just now, but Love it. I think it's very important to say, we can talk about mental health of like, here's some ways to just restructure the way that you're thinking or identify this and move on to this, which majority of the time is helpful. But for some of you, maybe something else is needed, right? Of like additional help. So just put that out there. Yeah, if you need the additional help, again, there's no shame. Of course, that. of course. We want you to flourish. Hence why we're going into where we're going. Hence (laughs) why. Henceforth why. Yes. Um, But I think that's so true. The whole gambit of emotions are not good or bad. They just are. And they're signals Mm. to what's 
going on to what we're experiencing to yeah. the thoughts that we're having even reactions to what your body is feeling S yes thank you yeah. i love that an embodied experience mm. um of just being human totally. at a fundamental level and listening for cues in our bodies and noticing where there's tension yeah and noticing maybe heart where our change. breathing is changing and yeah. heart rate is you know yeah all of it coming up all of it is important and i think that's part of carving out good um good space for mental health yeah carving out the space that we need or making the space yeah that we need for mental health you know should include awareness of our bodies yep. and our emotions and our thinking and thought patterns. Well, I think that's the, you know, when it comes to self-care right, and mental yeah. health, like, because they're very, you know, tied but not tied in the yeah. one sense it can be like, making space for mental health means I'm going to sit down and like journal for like five hours. Yeah. We're like, we can talk about this later, but I'm not a journaler. I actually love voice recording oh, or like, you know, okay. voice to text because yep. I can't write as fast as I think. Hence why I have a podcast and not like <laughs> a blog. <laughs> um, but in the sense of like, we can often think that, but also sometimes the best thing for your mental health is like something for your body. Yes. Is like going for a walk, working yeah. out. Yeah. I think I said this in a future episode with Sarah, shout out to her, um, that the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Yes. My boss told me that. Rest. And I was like, wow, I love that for me. That's my new motto. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like sometimes the best thing for your mental health or your, or your faith or whatever it is, yeah. is just to take a nap because that's just what your body needs as a reset. Yes. But we don't often like put those two things together. We just think my body is separate, my mind is separate, my emotions are separate. Yeah, this completely disembodied experience of, of what yeah. it means. Yeah, and I love that you touched on that because I think as a starting point mm. to get maybe a little more practical mm -hmm. to follow your lead on this. Yeah. Start by sleeping and resting. Yeah. Start by eating Greek yogurt. A nutrient dense meal. <laughs> yeah. Greek yogurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Berries, <laughs> chia seeds, all the good stuff. Cheese. But start there. Yeah. Start with, if you can't work out right away, don't worry about it. Maybe start with a 20 minute walk. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be fast. Or Get even outside. Like stretching. Stretching. Anything that gets you in tune to your body. So stretching would be a great one. Yeah. Right? Beginner's yoga, sitting on a mat, breathing, right? Yep. Those really basic, fundamental. Yeah. Calming um, down your heart rate, yeah. your muscles, like your tension, all of it. Yeah. And noticing, not with judgment, but with curiosity. Yeah. Right. So even right now, if we stopped and noticed how we were sitting. Right. Would we notice anything? Right. Right. There's right. a technique, right? I think, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but in the counseling like world, it's the like sitting there and pulsating different um, muscles at different times and then releasing them mm -hmm. and just being aware of what's going on in your body as you're doing them. So like tensing your muscles in your shoulders, yeah. letting it go. And you're thinking, oh, that felt really nice compared to when I do that with my leg. I don't know, like yeah. it's it's just being aware because even in that moment, it actually takes your mind off of what you were thinking. Yeah. It's actually like a mental distraction as well. Not only is it helpful for your body and how you're feeling, mm -hmm. but it's a distraction for all the anxiety or spiraling or depressive thoughts or whatever that are running rampant in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. To get out of your head for just a second, yeah. to slow down long enough yeah. that you can move from thinking to being. Right. And allowing that process to happen. Because right. sometimes the most dangerous place for us is to live in our heads. Mm. And so we love to focus on thoughts, thought patterns, challenging thoughts, all of those sorts of yeah. things. 
But we have to also recognize that sometimes it's just a dangerous place to be and we need a way to move out of that yeah. into something else, whether yeah. it's reconnecting with the body, whether it's being curious totally. about the emotions that are attached to what we're thinking about, or the relationship contexts, or the community contexts that we're in, all of that can help us to shift and make mm -hmm. space for good mental health. Yeah, I really appreciate how you keep throwing the yeah, I'm trying. Here. No, I yeah. love it. It's yeah. like a little game that I feel like you're, it's the luck you give me every time you're doing it. You're like making space for yeah, mental health. A little health. bit satisfied. With no, but I think that all of that allows you to really process your emotions better in the sense of like being mindful, having an awareness of your body, what's going on. Um, and I don't know about you, Dave, but in many conversations, because you also have, you know, pastoral experience, kind of all the things yeah. that we're talking a lot about this like shame and judgment thing. And something that I have always preached in air quotes or just like really just been something an advocate for is that every thought that you have is not necessarily true mm -hmm. and i think oftentimes and this is something we can you know spiral into is we can say just because i thought it that means it's like valid or it's that sorry that means that that it's true yeah now to be clear i think in my from my perspective all feelings and thoughts are valid in the sense that they have a place because you thought it it's like if I feel a certain way, it's valid because I feel like that. Yeah, it came from somewhere. However, exactly. However, it's not always true yeah. in the sense that like, we can often think, you know, I'm a failure. Yeah. That's valid because it's a feeling that I actually am feeling right now that I need to at least be like, oh, like I need to acknowledge it, but it's not true. And I need to be, you know, questioning that and working through it. So I think oftentimes we can just think, I thought it, so that means that that's just who I am or what it is or whatever, which is not the case. No. Yeah, that's so true. But we get stuck in it, like often. Yeah. And we all have those like sentences. <laughs> like those that. phrases. We you always have those to. like one yeah. under, everyone has it. The one underlying like what we would call like a self narrative that every situation gets filtered through. Like, so for me being like very transparent, it's always, I'm not good enough. Yeah. So every situation is being filtered through in this moment, am I being good enough or am I not? For other people, it might be like, I'm not lovable or I'm not worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And so every situation that you're filtering yeah. goes through these statements and we can all get trapped in them. And it's just important to be aware of what your narrative is. Yeah. You know, but it's deep. Yeah, no, and it, I think that's a great point because it's something I think we can all relate to, mm -hmm. no matter where you're listening from, no matter your, your experience, no matter the condition right. of your mental health as it is right now. Totally. We can all agree that we have those phrases, mm -hmm. those titles, those things that seem to stick no matter what situation we're in. No and whether matter. someone like said it to you. And that's the thing, right? So it originates from somewhere. Right. Right? And uncovering that and being able to do the work. And when I say do the work, that comes with a lot of preconceived ideas and notions right. about work and what it means yeah, to yeah. do that. But honestly, at a very basic level, yeah. being curious and not judgmental, carving out the room and the space to explore, mm. not just what you're feeling or what you're thinking, but why. Mm. Asking the why questions. And not judging that. And not judging that. So sometimes I think it's really point blank if someone a long time ago said, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. 
yeah. was not my taste. No one ever like put that on me of like, you're not good enough or whatever. So clearly somewhere along the way, I picked that up in either the way people were treating me or, you know, oh, if I, if I achieve this, I get more praise, which means I, this is my new standard or whatever it is. Um, but I think that oftentimes some, for some people it's really cookie cutter. Yes. It can be like when I was six, they can this trace person it right said, back. You're yeah. never going to amount to anything. Yeah. And it's like, then and I, then I took that. my teacher reinforced that. Totally. And then my peers reinforced yeah. that. So and then, then I took my it, first boyfriend or girlfriend reinforced that. Yeah. And now there's just layers upon layers. Yeah. Where for other yeah. people, it's like, no one ever just like outrightly told me that. No. It's a little bit more nuanced. It's a little bit more layered. And I think that's where it takes, not necessarily extra work, like the other one doesn't take work to yeah. work through, but it just requires a little bit more reflection in like, where does that really come from? And it yeah. might not be one place. Yeah. Could it could be just be like, places. oh, my parents kind of, you know, parented yeah. me as such. And then at school, this is kind of the way that it worked out. And then when I developed relationships with people, again, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I think that that's the understanding that why. And if I can underline anything that you've been, you know, continually saying throughout this episode is the curiosity over judgment yeah. conversation. I think that's huge for you. Yeah. And that that's not to say that it's easy. Oh, totally. You're not like, okay, be curious. Yeah, be, go and be curious. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do it. Yeah. But it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. And it's not linear and it's messy. Hence why you have counselors. Hence why you have. Because if we could all just do it. Therapists, counselors. If we could do it all by ourselves, I mean, yeah. we'd all be in a great spot. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's just not always yeah. the case. And I hope. My hope for you is that you get to that place eventually where you can process it all and tease it all out right. by yourself or at least with trusted, safe relationships totally. around you. Um, but if you can't right now, then that is perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. That is nothing to be ashamed about. That yeah. is nothing to second guess yourself on. Seek it out. Well, and it's okay for, you know, and again, I'm preaching to myself because this mm -hmm. is what this whole podcast is this. Um, but it, it's that whole, on one hand, on one day, you could feel like I'm really processing it. I really understand why I'm feeling like this. And, you know, have an awareness of, okay, that, to get rid of the anxiety that I'm feeling, I should be doing this, this, and this. Yeah. And the next day be like, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. I don't yeah. know what to do. Like yeah. it's normal to A, not only like be going through like, depression, anxiety, whatever, like that those are not totally uncommon things that you're not alone in it, but also that it can change day to day. Just like you said earlier, it's not linear. No. So you can be like, wow, I really feel like I journaled really well today, or I was aware yeah. of what was going on. And the next day be like, I'm back to square one. Yeah. Which sounds really hopeless, but it should give you hope in the sense that like, it's not gonna be like on a hundred percent every day. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's, it's not black and white. Totally. It's just not black and white. Yeah. Life, I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think most of life is lived in a gray space. It's, it's lived in a gray area yeah, and there's not a rough. lot of black and whites. And for all my black and white thinkers out there, my hand sorry. is raised. <laughs> I'm like, that's me. Yeah. For me, no problem. Cause I love the nuance and I love yeah. ambiguity love and I love to live in the gray yeah. in the middle. Um, but I just, I don't necessarily believe that everything is just black and white. Mm -hmm. It is and it isn't. I think lots of what we do, mm -hmm. lots of who we are, the questions that we ask, um, 
are all kind of moving towards the gray and mm -hmm. less towards the black and white. And that doesn't have to be a hopeless thing. I think gray yeah. is good. Gray comes with potentiality, the butchered that word. It's okay. With potential and possibility yeah. and hope if we let it. Um, and the hard part and of grace, that- And grace, I think. And grace. Well, grace happens in the gray. Totally. Because if it's black and white, wrong or right, um, you know, grace exists there on the margins, but I think it's more in the mess. Yeah. Where we're fumbling and trying to figure it out. When we trip up the stairs. When we trip up the stairs <laughs> or get pushed down the stairs. Yikes. Back to that really horrible <laughs> That's example right. idea. But the, I think the gray area, I think this is the point I'm trying to make, yeah. is when we approach anything with black and white, whether yeah. that's theologically, whether that's mental health, we just compound the feeling of shame. Mm. Or we can compound the feeling of shame. And when we talk about making space, I'm smiling again. <laughs> when we talk about making space, yeah. I don't want this to be a conversation of do this, do this, mm -hmm. do this, and you will get that. Yeah. Right? Don't think that you have to follow some sort of formula in order to achieve good mental health. Yeah. Because I'm, it's not that straightforward, unfortunately, but also fortunately. Yeah. Because now there's room to explore what is going to work for you. And what will work for you Your personality, your temperament, your season of life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so that should be seen as a place of hope and potential because you're not limited. Mm -hmm. You are not suffocated by this black and white, yeah. but by this gray area where you can thrive or, or you can flourish. And even, change. And change. Yeah. Um, and so if you're struggling on a day where you're listening to this, um, change, change is possible. Yeah. Change is coming. Yeah. And it won't always feel the way it does now. That's not to say that it won't always feel good. Yeah. But there's room yeah. and there's space uh, to experience change and to experience hope and to experience grace. Totally. And I know we have a very Christian yeah, framework for all of this. Yeah. A very, yeah, Christocentric, we if I can that use word. that word, Christocentric yeah. framework for all of this and, and that guides a lot of our conversations. But when we move away from the black and white, yeah. there's grace. And right. there's hope and there's change. And going back to what I said just a little earlier, I don't want you to hear this conversation and think that you just have to add a bunch of things. Hmm. To me, part of making space for good mental health, two <laughs> thumbs up, <knows>? is, <laughs> and I lost my thought. It's okay. <laughs> we have grace for that. That's right. We do have grace for that. But part of making that space is addition by subtraction. So not adding more, but actually taking some things away. Right. So for me, I'm, I'm going to get really practical yeah. for a moment. For me, how I carve out areas in my life mm -hmm. to connect with my body or to connect with my emotions isn't to add anything. It's actually to take away. Mm -hmm. So I will take away noise and distraction and I will find a quiet place. Right. And I'll sit for five minutes and just let my body catch up to my mind and my heart. 
Yeah. And just give space for that. It will look like putting my phone down mm. and stepping away from the distraction of social media and the thousands of voices and pictures and videos mm. that prompt comparison. Yeah. Because that's no good for my mental health. Yeah. As a perfectionist, as a performer, I see those things and it only increases my anxiety. Yeah. And so to put that away and to carve out some room mm -hmm. where I could be silent and reflective I'm not a journaler. And so for me, like you, silence and solitude is my cure for that. Right. Or for other people. Where that's for other not people, the case. they might need to just journal. Yeah. Get it all out. Get it all down. Yeah. So that you can clear up some space in your head. Yeah. And so all that to say is you don't just have to keep adding a bunch of things to your life right. in order to improve something. Right. You can actually do addition by subtraction. Totally. So by taking things out of your life that may not be helpful or beneficial for you, yeah. might be a step in the right direction. Yeah. And so if you're not a journaler, don't worry, neither are we. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to add anything, you can yeah. take away something. And for me, those two things yeah. are, are most helpful. Yeah, and I think that oftentimes, like you're saying with this formula, when people give, you know, like, let's say we're gonna take journaling as the example. Yeah. Because oftentimes I've been told that of like, just get it out, just write it all down. And that actually gives me anxiety because if I miss yeah. journaling for a day, I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't journal yesterday. Right. And then it's like a pressure to do it again. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's like something to check off the box. And so every time I'm like, oh, I didn't journal on Tuesday. Like, do I go back and fill that in? Cause I hate there being an empty gap. Like, I know that sounds so crazy. Some of you are like, yes, yeah. that's me. <laughs> Which like, kudos to you. Um, but I just think, yeah, like you're saying that there's a space for less and also what worked for you in one season might be not what you need in this, like a new yeah. season. Cause oftentimes I can think, oh, but like three years ago I journaled and it was helpful. Yeah. So I should be doing that again. It's like, no, now I'm in a different place. I'm a different person. I'm in a different circumstance. No, I don't need to journal now cause that's not helpful. I need to go for a walk. Yeah. Like that's what I need right now. And to just allow yourself that space to f be flexible, I think, um, because this, that all, you know, the flexibility, the curiosity, the non-judgmental attitude, all of that is, I think, what we're really pushing because mm -hmm. that's really the, you know, yeah. the key. Yeah. I love that flexibility. Yeah. Can we talk about boundaries for a quick second? Oh, yes. Can we do that? Tell me, Dave, okay. what you think. So. In order to have a measure of flexibility, I have no idea what the time is. Oh, no, you're good. Okay. <laughs> In order to have some sort of flexibility, I think there needs to be boundaries around what you're going to prioritize. Mm -hmm. You can't prioritize everything or oof. else nothing would be a priority. Yeah, oof for me. And so boundaries, whether we're talking about time, energy, finances, mm -hmm. uh, relationships, yeah. access, however you want to quantify it. Yeah. Boundaries need to be in place, not necessarily to prevent or protect, mm -hmm. although that can be a, a function. Yeah. But I think good boundaries, when they're set, preserve, mm. right? They preserve relationship. Yeah. They preserve energy. They preserve what we need in order to yeah. 
flourish. Yeah. To be the best versions of ourselves, whatever language you want to use there, whatever right. moniker. So boundaries for me is not something that's restrictive. Right. Right. Because you can frame it that way. Right. And like, I think oh, diet culture does that all the time. Right. Oh, you know, food is, I have to be restrictive. Now with I'm boxed my food. in. I'm boxed in. Little, I can't. Yeah. Well, I actually think it's really freeing if we can put the parameters around it in a healthy way. Yeah. And so I would encourage you listening to examine what it is you need to preserve. Yeah. Only you know that. Yeah. What it is you need to preserve and put boundaries around that. And they don't have to be so rigid that there's no flexibility. Right. Because each day, each week, each month is different and they, right. those things can be reevaluated. So then you need to rein in your boundaries That's a little right. bit more a little or push them a little further. Or push them a little further because yeah. you know what? It would be really nice to spend 10 extra dollars and have a steak. Amen to that. Love that. Wow, I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, Making space fair. for food. We're back to that. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. But the boundaries there are to, to help you, not to ensnare you, not to right. trap you, not to leave things so rigid that there's no room for flexibility. Right. Again, right? The black and white. If boundaries are black and white, as soon as you try to change them or transgress them or fall short of holding them up, shame. Yeah. Whereas if they're viewed through this lens of flexibility and preservation and health, then we can move them. They're changeable. They're right, without shame. pliable without shame at all. Yeah. Actually with not even curiosity, but uh, hopefully you get to a place where you can do that with joy. Speaking of that. emotions, yeah. right? Not every emotion has this negative connotation attached to it. Yeah. Whether that's in our bodies or, or in our minds or yeah. our emotions, joy and pleasure and excitement and mm, peace peace mm. yeah all of those things should also be a byproduct of the things that we are doing as we make space for good mental health totally and boundaries i think personally go a long way in in that totally and honestly some of you are going to listen and you're going to know exactly what i mean some of you are going to hear this and you're going to have a lot of anxiety around boundaries because right. boundary, you've had terrible experience. Well, like that means now I have to tell these people That's no. Right. I have to have some sort of like talk. Yeah, yeah. or you or you just don't know where to start because mm -hmm. maybe you, yeah, your whole life just needs one big boundary, and then that's fine too. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, talk to mm -hmm. a counselor or therapist. Yeah, talk to somebody. Let them um, work with you. Work to with you those. to create your own goals and your mm -hmm. own boundaries. Again, and it's going to look different for everybody a little bit, totally. but the goal is flourishing. Totally. And I think that's always, or should always be yeah. the goal is, is flourishing. Yeah. And I think to, there's one more thing I want to, you know, kind of get into before we talked about the practical, but to go off of that really briefly is there's the, something called fixed mindset mm -hmm. and growth mindset. Yeah. And the fixed mindset would be like, I have to achieve perfection or I'm failing. So in this case, the boundary conversation, I have to have all my boundaries perfectly in line yeah. or I'm, I suck, if we can say that, right? It's like your whole identity and everything is really, you know, kind of determined by your success, your failures. So like how well am I upholding my boundaries? If one day I'm not, yeah. I'm the worst, you know, everything is over. Yeah. Um, you need a lot of affirmation of just people like really hyping you up or, and to be honest, I am totally a fixed mindset person on a regular day mm -hmm. that I am, 
I don't, as we said, I don't live in the gray like my friend Dave. I am like perfection or failure, period. Yeah. And that's a real struggle for me personally. The flip side of the fixed mindset conversation is growth mindset. And I think that that's what we're talking a lot about here is the idea that like recognizing that like failure or like one day you mess up your boundary or like, you know, whatever happens, you're not as aware or you're not as like good at taking care of yourself. So you have this like moment of failure and recognizing that that's okay because in those moments of failure in air quotes or the gray is where growth happens and change happens. And it's allowing yourself to have that grace that we're talking about and learning new skills and learning new things. And for some of you, you're listening to that and it's like, yeah, I'm totally a fixed mindset person. Like if I don't get an A++ on my test, I might as well have gotten a D. You know what I mean? Like some of you were like, I could care less. Like I'm, or you're like, I'm actually totally okay to live in the gray, to live in the, you know, figuring it out as I go. Sometimes I mess up, sometimes I don't area. And I would say that's the health area. Like that's the place that we want to be is this. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. And when I don't, I just pick myself up and I learn because it's better. Yeah. Where for me, when I trip up the stairs or I really, you know, don't hit my target on something, I'm not like, oh, what a chance to grow. I'm like spiraling. Yeah. Like I'm the worst. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everybody thinks I suck at this or, you know, whatever it is that those are the two kinds of mindsets we can have. And the growth mindset is really the one that we want to be working towards. Right. Is that like, I messed up. Okay. What did I learn? Yeah. How can I move on? Or, you know, what do I do better tomorrow? Yeah. And that's not to say that tomorrow I might not mess up in a different way, yeah. but that's great. Cause I'll learn tomorrow something new. That's right. Yeah. But failure, failure being the catalyst for change, right? Yeah. Totally. Instead of this expectation that we have to be perfect, that we have to perform, yeah, um, that we have to be people pleasers, mm. which is what I struggle with. And so we loved gray area. So many people okay. listening were just like, yeah. oof. Yeah. <laughs> I love gray area. Let me backtrack. Not everybody loves gray area. <laughs> but for me, full transparency, sometimes I get not only comfortable there, but mm. I, I don't take initiative or I... Uh, tend to play it safe. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm immune to you know, fears of failure or letting people down or right. whatever the case might be. For me, I think the gray area just provides a sense of safety, mm. knowing that whether things go really well right. or things go so, so poorly that um, I didn't take a risk. And so... I can't feel the effects of that. Right. Right. And so black and white is understandable. Right. right? There's there, again, there's no shame no, to, no. for black and white yeah. thinking. Um, but the gray isn't always good either. And so I think expectation plays a lot into this growth mindset. Yeah. Um, versus fixed mindset. Yeah. Because if the expectation is I can only be loved, accepted, appreciated, valued. Yeah. If I'm performing, then we fall into the cycle or the trap because there's no yeah. amount of performance. There's no amount of perfection that will satisfy. Mm-hmm. It's just a self-defeating loop. Totally. Where a growth mindset says, I'm going to take a risk. It might not pan out, 
In and fact, cool. the odds tell me that it probably won't. <laughs> right. It probably won't pan out. But I'll be able to discover something about myself or the world yeah. or this other person. Yeah. And that will help me to move towards this better version of me. This flourishing. This, this flourishing totally. that we want to be committed to, right? Yeah. We want to be committed to flourishing, but we want to avoid failure, right. embarrassment. We want to avoid yeah. the uncomfortable yeah. that comes with not knowing. Right. But to me, most of life is, is not knowing. We just kind of do the best we can with what we've been given. Hmm. And sometimes we hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And other times we hit our thumb. Right. That's with the hammer. And and it hurts and it's an ouch moment. And, and then we learn not to put the our next thumb time, there. yeah. You don't put your thumb so close to the nail. Yeah. Because you're clumsy, like yeah. me. <laughs> um, I build nothing. Right. Yeah. I build nothing. Not even, you know, this, I, sometimes I build IKEA. But Which is a whole thing. That's, it is a whole that's thing. That's a skill. Yeah. It, it's a, I don't want to say a waste of a day. Yeah. But it's it's a waste of time. You know day. when you open the instructions and they're like, this takes two people, and you're like, no, it doesn't. I am alone <laughs> here in this room. This is so off topic, but <laughs> it's, there you go. We can yeah. just use that as like, yeah. But yeah, being curious yeah. and being flexible and being able to just take a risk. Mm-hmm. And I know that if you're struggling with mental health, risk taking is just not something on the radar. Right, you're like, oh, and I can I understand that. Yeah, you just want to get out of bed in the morning. As possible. You just want to, yeah. yeah. The first step is just getting out of bed. Yeah. And honestly, when you are at your worst, that's a risk, right? Getting out of bed in the morning is a risk because that just means it's a a new day, a new potential for something to go mm-hmm. awry all over again. Yeah. Or to be let down, or to be disappointed, or to not have the care be that you need. Or, to be yeah. rejected, yeah. Yeah, all that. All of that. And so, risks come in all shapes and sizes and forms. And mm-hmm. so, whatever it looks like for you, whatever it looks like for you, yeah. Now start start with the, the small steps. Yeah. You don't have to sprint right away. We can mm-hmm. take baby steps. Thank God. We can crawl. Right. You don't even have to take steps. Yeah. Get on your hands and knees. <laughs> roll out of bed. Yeah. And crawl. Yeah. And and there's no shame. Any movement is good movement. Yeah. There's no shame. There's no shame in that. And I think that's the strongest, bravest thing you can do is to look fear in the face and say, this could go wrong a thousand different ways. Right. But it could go right. And so we just, we make a move towards right. it. And for some people that it that, you know, especially in the mental health conversation, it's like, I need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. That's a huge risk for other people. It's like, oh yeah, I got that. Like, of course I need to talk to someone like that doesn't require yeah. as much energy, like mental energy. It's like, okay, yeah, I need to talk to someone about this. Let's do it for other people. That's the, like the, like, oh man, I'm like reeling about that for days. Like yeah. just thinking about it or, you know, whatever it is. And of course we're a little biased in that conversation, yeah. but I think that it's important whether that's like a professional, which, you know, we would be advocates for, or depending on how the severity of how you're feeling, a friend, like letting someone in to be like, I had that conversation a few weeks ago of like, hey, I'm actually not doing great great. right now, you know? And it's like allowing that to be the case. But I think to get really practical, and I know Dave, you know, I kind of shown you some things I want, like the biases I wanted to talk about briefly. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very important in this conversation because this was groundbreaking for me personally, 
in school um, is to understand the patterns that you're thinking, like to hear them out loud and be like, yipes, I'm thinking like that and to recognize that that is dysfunctional and unhealthy. And again, not as a judgment, but as an awareness. Yeah, not as a judgment, as an awareness. Yeah, because at one point, those things served you really well. It got you to the point where you are now. Yes, Right. they're and just so no longer helping. They just no longer serve your best interests. Yeah. They no longer push you towards flourishing. Yeah. And so they just need to be re-examined. Yes, and yeah. some of them are just like straight up unhealthy. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna read a few of them. And this is not like, this is, again, no one is with you when you're listening to this and you're probably having headphones on. So you might just <laughs> silently nod to yourself and be or like, weep. That's me or weep and again, there's no judgment. We could just weep right now, yeah, we, okay. who knows? Okay. So there's something called CBT in counseling, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Dave is nodding because you know, right up his alley. And the whole idea is what you think and do affects the way that you feel. And so how you, you know, the thing, the patterns that you get caught in, the actions, the behaviors that you have throughout the day will are all things that are affecting your emotions. So there's different things called cognitive biases, which would be, you know, thought patterns basically that we get trapped in. And so I'm going to read them and I just, you know, whether you want to keep rewinding this section back and forth and just write down like, this is me and write it down. It's just helpful to know in a moment when you're spiraling or in a moment of depression or a moment of anxiety to be like, nope, right now, that is this type of thinking. And we can kind of unpack what to do after that. But the first one, as we've talked about a few times, is all or nothing thinking. So always using words, again, like always, never, no one, everyone, every time. So thinking like, again, in my case, I am either perfect or a failure. It is like all or nothing. There's nothing in between. The second one is kind of like when you have a mental filter and you're only focusing on the negative. So you're only seeing the bad in a situation and you're dismissing all other factors, events, things about yourself, dismissing all their evidence for something positive. The next one, if you're a people pleaser, mm. oof, get ready. Mind reading. So believing that you know what others are thinking before they say it or if they even won't say it ever. So you think, oh, I could never say that because obviously Dave is going to think this about me. Mm. It's like, that's migrating because he never said that fortune telling predicting the worst possible outcome in all situations which can also be you know there's one called catastrophizing which is blowing everything out of proportion um thinking only with your feelings so believing every negative feeling without ever questioning it guilt beating which we mentioned earlier which is thinking in words that are sorry constantly using the words should ought must I have to, all those things produce guilt, produce shame. Instead of like what Dave was saying is being curious. There's only two, uh, three more. Labeling, so attaching a negative label to yourself, like I'm a failure, or doing that to someone else. That's also a negative mm -hmm. dysfunctional thing in your mind. Um, blaming yourself, this is perso uh, personalization. Blaming yourself or taking responsibility for something that was not your fault. And the last one is blaming someone else for your own problems. Um, so again, I'm going to link a little thing in the, sh in the show notes for you to be able to see. It's kind of like a chart of all those, but it's important sometimes to just think in the middle of a spiral, in the middle of, you know, an emotional moment or a moment of anxiety or whatever it looks like to be like, stop. That was all or nothing thinking. I don't have to think like that. 
that is unhealthy in some situations, right? Um, but it's important to sometimes at least identify what Absolutely. pattern you're stuck in because the next step in CBT specifically would be identify what pattern you're stuck in, challenge it, like be like, is there really only one or two options here? Like, is it really only perfect or failure? Is that really true? No. Oh, there's growth in the middle. Interesting. Hmm. I've never thought about it like that. <laughs> you know, if for, honestly, that's my everyday. And then to generate an alternative to say, actually, I'm not failing, I'm growing. Yeah. And to let that become your new narrative. And that will look different for each person. But I just thought that would be a really important kind of practical note to the things that we're talking about. So there's all or nothing thinking, only focusing on the negative, mind reading, fortune telling, believing that all of your negative feelings without you know questioning them, guilt beating yourself, labeling, personalization, blaming, or catastrophizing. Those are just a few of the <laughs> most common. <laughs> There's probably way more than that, but we can all at least sit in some of those. That's right. But Dave, as I, you know, we continue, we wrap up soon. How can someone listening really practically make space for their mental health? Yeah, to summarize everything. I know, basically. Speaking about. <sighs> yeah, we've said nothing wrong with therapy. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with therapy. We love that. Yep. There's, there's no shame or negative connotation is attached to that. No. Um, I would say though, I think a good place to start would be for most of us. Mm. Okay. So this is not a prescription. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nor a diagnosis. <laughs> um, we are not authorized to do so. We're not qualified to do that. <laughs> um, but I would start if you can reconnecting to your body, because I think that's an important place to begin. Mm -hmm. So whether that is a little bit of movement mm. and we're not even talking weightlifting or hip workouts. Amen to that. Um, if you can do that, great. Yeah. More power to you. But sometimes a 20 minute walk, get some steps in. Yeah. Right. Light movement, light stretching. If you can do that, I would say sleep. Make sure mm -hmm. you're getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. because our bodies just need a reset. They need rest. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about implementing a Sabbath on another episode. As a new mom, As I'm a... like, amen to all of that. <laughs> but carving out some time and space for rest. Mm -hmm. And that being the catalyst for everything that you're going to do afterwards. Because if you can sleep, and I mean get seven eight, nine. Yeah, we don't if, want if too much sleep. You don't want too much sleep, but you, you like, want this isn't like enough. 12 hours. Yeah. Don't sleep 12 hours unless you absolutely need it. Yeah, which is okay. Time and place. Um, so yeah, sleep, some steps would be great. A great place to start, especially if you're struggling, get outside yeah. in the sunlight. And in then the if darkness you can, that is or, or yeah, I mean, just even fresh you have air, about right? six hours at yeah. this point to capitalize on some sunlight. So. If you're working, good luck. If not, open a window, like open really. a window, like get really. fresh air because it's important. It's important. Yeah. It's helpful. Yeah. So get outside if you can and then eat a nutrient dense meal. I'm not going to tell you what that needs to be. It could be a piece of fish and some Ooh. rice and veggies. It could be some chicken. I told you guys, Dave likes food and some veggies mm -hmm. or a salad or 
some sort of nutrient-dense meal. I'm not saying you have to be restrictive. Yeah, this isn't right? a diet. This is not a diet, but incorporate one meal. If you're not already doing that, incorporate one nutrient-dense yeah. meal. And if you move a little bit, if you can get the right amount of sleep, mm -hmm. if you can get those nutrients that your body needs yeah. for fuel, for energy, um, that would be a really great place to start. And if you're doing all of those things, that's fantastic. I would say to you, start to maybe implement some of the things we've talked about. Ask why questions. Mm -hmm. Check in with yourself. Check in with yourself. Notice Just where you're carrying we know where we're tension. At. Yeah, notice yep. what emotions seem to be coming up recently mm -hmm. on repeat. Those those pattern thinkings which lead to, you know, experiences in your body or with your words or with Spiraling your emotions. Your, yeah. Allow yourself mm -hmm. that grace to check in with yourself. Yeah. Because cultivating a sense of awareness is gonna do wonders. Totally. It's not gonna fix everything, right? It's not a, yeah, a cure. Yeah, it's not a catch-all. But it'll point you in the right direction. Yeah. And then from that, you can make inroads into carving out better space. Yeah, and there are like, honestly, there are apps that help you with that, like calming apps, yeah. mindfulness apps. Breathing. Like sometimes we can just think, okay, what do I do? Just sit here and like look at the wall. It's like, no, there are things yeah, that can help. Prompts. YouTube videos, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then if like for me personally, I'm in just in my own season right now, but if you know specifically, like I know I'm dealing with anxious thoughts mm -hmm. or I know that I'm dealing with an overwhelming level of sadness. Like again, therapy, yes. You know, medication if needed, yes. yes. Prayer if you're, you know, a believer, you love yeah. Jesus, absolutely. Like spending time with the Lord, we're yeah. here for that, obviously. But I'm gonna link something in the show notes as well. Um, a kind of walkthrough of doing a mind map. I just did this actually a couple days ago in, in a moment of anxiety for me which is just writing all of the things that are causing you anxiety or all the things that are making you maybe sad or angry or whatever, getting it all out there on this map and then being able to look at it kind of outside of your mind and be like, oh, that sounds a little bit more, not ridiculous because we're not here to judge it, but like, oh, that's clearly not healthy, yeah. this thought. Because sometimes reading something versus thinking it can really help you just be like, oh, yikes, that's not true. Because, yeah. you know, when you say something to a friend and there's a thought that's like for me, um, like, I don't even know, like, oh, my son doesn't love me if this happens. I could be thinking something like that in my mind. But then when I go to say it to Dave, I'm like, I know this sounds crazy because when you say it out loud, you're more aware of like, oh, that's really not as crazy as it is yeah, in my head. You hear it differently. And sure. same with writing it out. Yeah. So it's like, if you're writing out a mind map, which again, all of it will be in the show notes for you to reference. Um, but I think it's important to just, like you're saying, rest, eat well, check in with yourself, be mindful of your body, what's going on there. Again, you can use outside resources like apps and this mind map kind of thing, therapy, medication, all of those things, prayer, like, honestly, I do believe so much in the power of prayer and spending time with the Lord. Um, but all those things, I think, help you make space for mental health. Is there anything you want to add? Oh, and good boundaries. You were talking. Yeah, good boundaries, too. Yeah. Yeah, just big snaps for the good boundaries. Yeah, and that one's a hard one. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they're all hard in their own ways. So and they're I don't hard for different people. This. And they're hard for different people and in different seasons. Yeah. 
Um, And so lots of grace. Mm. Don't beat yourself up. Don't get down on yourself. You are human and you are doing your best to flourish. You are doing the best with what you have right now. That's right. And that includes all of your capacities. And so if some of those are diminished, that's okay. Yeah. They won't be diminished forever. Yeah. And part of making space for good mental health is increasing our capacities. Yeah. And gaining new tools and stuff. Because I think oftentimes, the way I phrased it to someone a long time ago, is everyone has a toolbox of how they handle life. And all of these things that we're talking about, including therapy, Mm -hmm. are here to add tools to your toolbox. Some people start, whether it be the family you grew up in, again, the wealth, the openness to emotions being discussed, all that, have more tools. They just, my parents really taught me how to process emotions. I always felt, you know, just really open, whatever. You have a lot of tools. Other people, you just start off with less tools. It's not because you're deficient or you're broken or you're messed up. It's just you have less tools that you started out with. And all these things are here to add more tools to your toolbox to help you be the best version of yourself. That's right. Because stress is going to come. We are going to experience stress and levels of anxiety throughout the course of our life. That is a non-negotiable. Unfortunately, it's just a non-negotiable part of living is experiencing those things. But how we respond, how we increase our capacities and openness to moving through them, Mm -hmm. how we expand our windows of tolerance in those things uh, so that they don't have to cripple us or so we don't have to buckle under the weight of them, but we can use them. Mm-hmm. in really helpful and beautiful ways to grow and to mature right. and to find new creative resourceful paths through to the other side right. because at the end of the day that's what we want right. that's what we want for ourselves for those we love for those who love us mm. um, and so a great place to start is just that mm. grabbing some extra tools whether that's breathing yeah incorporating nutritious meals yep Opening the window. Walking, opening a window, having a nighttime routine. If you struggle to go to sleep, may I suggest, this is not a prescription, may I suggest, put your phone down. Put it away an hour to two hours before you turn off your lights to go to bed. Put it away. Read a book. Read a book. Breathe for five minutes, some deep belly breathing, a light stretch. Take a shower or a bath, put on a diffuser. It doesn't have to be complicated. Right. It doesn't have to be life changing in the sense that you have to alter completely your lifestyle. Yeah. It's about incorporating in small ways these little things that'll just allow you to cope with the stress mm-hmm. and the anxiety and the fears that you may be feeling and facing. Yeah. And moving towards a more open, connected version of yourself. Yeah, that's good. Right? And that way you can connect with others mm-hmm. in, in a more beautiful way, I guess. Yeah, what a beautiful way to Sum wrap that all up. up. Yeah, and this is like a huge topic. Massive, that we like, this hardly in covered no, anything. This in no way is like, there you go. Yeah. You know, wipe right, my hands you have with it. it. You're it good. You a one-time are, listen, yeah. thank you for coming. Like, oh, Dave and I are also amazing at our own mental health. We're oh, fantastic. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> That was sarcasm. Dace, you didn't pick up on. You can see the huge eye roll as he sips his coffee out of my wifey mug that my husband got him. Um, 
But all that to say, I think that this just scratches the surface of a few of those things. And I hope that it was beneficial, but Dave, we, you know, we covered a lot in an hour. Yeah, it's been an hour. Huh? I know, but not so, right? Um, so I end every episode. So maybe I'll get you to briefly answer the question. I always want to, we talked a lot about grace and making space for stuff. And it's okay if you don't have an answer to this question already, because most times I don't either. Yeah. But how are you showing yourself grace recently? I don't yeah. know if anyone has ever asked me that in my entire life. I know. Someone only asked me that like a year ago and I was like legit couldn't answer it for like months. Yeah. I think the way I've been trying to show it at the very least, mm. I don't know if I'm actually nope, doing it. I've been trying to accept things as they come, mm. which is new for me because I don't please a lot of people that way and I'm a people pleaser. Mm. I'm also a performer. I'm also a perfectionist. All Honestly, the, I don't know why you're still listening to words. me talk about mental health because clearly I'm all these things same actually so that's good <laughs> yeah so that's your warning I guess yeah. um, take everything with a grain of at salt at the end at the end <laughs> disclaimer gone. yeah um, but by just accepting the things that are yeah. things I can't change things about myself I don't like mm. things about others that I don't like yeah I said it Sometimes there's things about others that we just don't like and we want to change them. We want to solve problems and we want to get in there and, and do it our way. And just learning to take a back seat, mm. to breathe, yeah, to hard. put my feet on the ground in front of me and allow whatever happens to happen. Mm. Knowing that yeah. Jesus is with me. Mm. Knowing that there's people I love and care about who support me and who are there at a moment's notice should anything go wrong. Mm. And giving all of the compassion to myself that I give to others, but for some reason I withhold. No, and we all do it. It's not just you. And so learning to accept that nothing's gonna be perfect, nothing is always gonna go right, Mm. but that isn't a measure or barometer for me of if I'm doing well. Right. And that applies professionally. Yeah. I'm a chaplain at a long-term care home. Mm. Um, and so I'm faced with death a lot. Yeah. And I like cannot surreal. stop death. That's the one thing I cannot do. Yeah. It's not in my power. One day death will die and we love that. But as of right now, I can't do much about it. I can just accept that it is going to happen to those in my care. Yeah. To those I love yeah. and to myself. And I know that's a really broad and existential way to end this whole thing. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. But learning just to yeah. accept that I can't control everything, that mm-hmm. things are going to happen to me, that things really are, I'm going to want to change uh, that I can't. And that's a grace. I think if I can get to the point where that becomes a grace for me, yeah, I just take it as it comes, knowing that I'm not alone, knowing that I'm loved and cared for. Yeah is is a good place for me to start that's good i think i hate that so uh, yeah we all do i guess yeah. me especially. Like, i don't know about everyone else but just me <laughs> yeah yeah can confirm from yeah me. there you go well dave thanks for instilling all of your wisdom and all uh, the no it was good i'm i'm like honestly that's just a conversation i was really excited for as i am for all of them but you know this one specifically um, cause it's just an area I think of passion for both of us, which is hence why we're going into it, at least to some extent, you know, mm-hmm. I still, I'm still a pastor, but 
we'll figure out what that looks like in the future. But friends, thank you for tuning in and listening. I hope that it was beneficial for you. Um, there are resources for you in the show notes for you to be able to reference, but there was some really good practical stuff in there. So um, we will talk to you in the next episode. We have some good stuff coming up about healing, about making space for other people, for your dreams. All of that is on the horizon. But until next time, show yourself lots of grace because we all need it. Thank you.